let's get back to the drive on the home of the Sens, TSN 1200. Now, it's time for Need to Know Basis. Welcome back to the drive. Lever Sage, AJ Jackiebeck, Matt Conesvita. Here is what you need to know. You need to know the Sens play tonight in Chicago, and you need to note the start time. 9 o'clock, drop of the puck. It's a 7 o'clock pregame here on TSN 1200. And we do not expect any lineup changes, including the goaltender, as it'll be Kim Talbot. Again, in goal, Eric Brandstrom looks like he'll be back into the lineup. And Ottawa looks to win their sixth game in a row, the return of Alex Dabrinkit to Chicago. And uh, we'll play a little bit of Alex Dabrinkit uh, before the end of the program. Also should mention, second star of the week is sends forward Claude Giroux. Three goals, six assists, nine points, and is the second star of the week. Let's look to the rest of the schedule here tonight and uh, keep your eyes on this one if you're an Ottawa fan because the Edmonton Oilers are in Buffalo at 7.30, and that's a big one. Ottawa not usually cheering for the Edmonton Oilers, but they are tonight. rest of the games of Calgary and Dallas-San Jose visiting Winnipeg. Uh, Washington is in L.A., Nashville in Vancouver, Calgary and Dallas, as I said. Uh, you get the Briar going on. And right now, uh, Quebec and Canada playing in Pool B. And it is Quebec leading Brad Gushu and Team Canada by a score of 3-2 to two with the hammer. So they are you know, up in that game. Uh, both teams 2-1. and one. And there's a bunch of log jams when it comes to the standings at the Briar, uh, just getting to some of the games that are going to come up a little bit later. But Kevin Cooey's doing very well. Already had a couple of big wins uh, against, had another one against the Reed Carruthers uh, this morning. So he is four and oh, and leads Pool A. Reed Carruthers uh, two and two, and then there's a log jam uh, behind there that includes Northern Ontario, Nova Scotia, uh, Manitoba. Only has played two games, but they have won both of them. Uh, Matt Dunstone's rank in the other pool. Uh, Brendan Botcher, 3-0 wildcard one. Brad Guju, 2-1, as is Quebec, as we talked about. Mike McEwen uh, lost earlier today to Prince Edward Island, but he's 2-2 two two, representing Ontario. Calvin Ridley has been reinstated by the National Football League. So for the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, they get a little bit of Help And if you didn't hear it yesterday, but the Blue Jays are going to put Jose Bautista in the Wall of Excellence uh, coming up in August. And he has responded today with how pleased he is and that he can't wait for it to be a great summer and uh, he will be there. I should also mention that Ryan O'Reilly placed on LTIR with a broken finger going to be out a couple of weeks for the Maple Leafs. And that's a little bit of what you need to know. You know what? You also need to know that uh, Mr. Big Time, Mr. Junior Hockey Tour, is now doing a, a TV hit. So he's not here, Matt, for a couple of minutes. Probably on about take four. 
I can hear him I, right now. I guess. Yeah, I can too. I feel like he'll be in the background of my mic. Yeah, he will. Uh, so maybe, I don't know if you have the Alex Dabrinkit uh, scrum there, but Alex Dabrinkit's going back to Chicago. Obviously a big night for him. Feels like there's been a lot of big nights, right, for Ottawa Senators individually over the last few games, but we'll see what they can do in Chicago tonight. Here's a little bit of the scrum from Alex Dabrinkit. Welcome back. Yeah, How thank you. How do you feel like yesterday, or does it feel like it's been a little bit? Uh, a little bit of both, honestly. Um, you know, obviously it's uh, fun to be back here, but, um, you know, we're still in important games and we need to, you know, get a win. So this will be a good one here. What's been working well for you guys lately? Um, I think we've stuck to the details well. We're getting pucks behind their D and, um, you know, forechecking really well to get pucks back. So um, I think that's our biggest thing. And obviously we're, we're putting puck in the net too. So, um, you know, that's a little bit different from earlier in the season. We are kind of... Um, you know, fighting it a little bit, but um, it's been going in lately, so that's nice. Is it odd being back with, with everyone that's Yeah, yeah, for sure. I look at the board, and I, I guess I don't know too many names on there, but, um, you know, it's still cool to be back. Um, you know, a lot of memories here, so um, it's been fun. Weird without Patrick, too, and then obviously playing him. How weird was that on Thursday? Yeah, that was definitely weird. Seeing him in a different uniform was um, different, but, um, you know, I think he'll do good there. And, Obviously, being back here and not having Kane or Taze in the lineup is, is, is definitely different. Um, you know, you grow up watching those guys and then playing with them. Um, you know, they're definitely the, the heartbeat of that team and, um, you know, face of the franchise. So um, it's tough to see them not, not playing. Do you guys have a good muscle to pick on? <laughs> yeah, I picked on him a bit last night. So we went to dinner, so I got him good. But, um, yeah, it's uh, he's a good buddy of mine, and it's uh, fun to fun to mess with him all the time. And, um, you know, I see he's – I saw a couple of tweets uh, – he was messing with some new guys, so he's carried on that that tradition. Yeah, he's telling us a different story. Uh, no, no, he's uh, he's always taking my heat. I don't think he's giving it to me too much. So, um, even though he's way bigger than me, I think if uh, you know we were to, to fight in this game, um, you know, I think I'd come out on top. He did say he managed to stick you with the dinner bill last night. <laughs> yes, I did get stuck. <laughs> so weird that your return here is coming so late in the season. Yeah, it's different. Um, I think it kind of makes it a little easier for me um you know being settled in here you know creating new memories here new friendships and um it's not so fresh over there so um you know i think it's kind of good to to come a little later in the season what were your conversations with patrick like recently yeah i think um you know he's excited to to start um something new you know go there they have a really good team there so um you know i think he'll do great there and um, you know, I think he's just, it's, it's gotta be different for him. Um, uh, you know, going to a new team, he's been here for his whole career and, um, it's definitely different coming to a new team. So, um, you know, we we're just kind of talking about that and, um, you know, I think he'll settle in nice there though. It seems like he's had a really difficult time making that decision. I know different animals in terms of movement between you guys, but did he reach out to you at all about your experience? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we talked quite a bit during the year and, um, you know, I think it was something he was, you know, struggling with deciding, and um, you know, ultimately, it's it's tough to turn down a chance to go to the playoffs and um, you know, try to win another Stanley Cup, and I think that's what it came down to. It's um, you know, that obviously this year that's probably not the the case for the Hawks, and um, you know, he wanted a chance to to go do that, so um, I think that's probably what it ultimately came down to. When you look at all that has transpired with this season, does it change your perspective on your trade? Um. No, I mean, I think, you know, you kind of see the writing on the wall. I think, um, you know, the Hagel trade last year and, um, you know, I think a lot of moves during the summer, you know. Um, but 
you know, it is what it is. Everything happens for a reason. Um, you know, we're playing meaningful games right now, which is a lot of fun, and um, hopefully we can squeeze into that playoff spot. So, um, you know, it's been fun here. You were here when Taves missed a season due to his illness and everything, and how tough to, from afar to see that he's still dealing with it, trying to come back from it again. Yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, you hate to see that with, you know, anyone and, and him. You know, he wants to be back on the ice and, um, you know, cares so much about his teammates and stuff. So um, I'm sure that's tough for him. Um, you know, hopefully he comes back soon and is able to play soon and, um, you know, feels better and, and can really grind out the rest of the season. Do you hope that you can work something out long term with the Senators or do you want to remain, keep your options open? Um, yeah, I think I'm just going to leave it to my agents right now. I think um, at this point in the season, there's no point to rush anything. Um, you know, I think we're going to just wait till the summer. We have a lot of big games here and don't really want any distractions. So we're going to um, probably wait till the summer. Is the toughest part of just getting used to living Um No, it's not too much different. There's a couple different things, but, um, you know, overall, it's, it's good. It's, uh, you know, you just have to go over the border every road trip, which is a little challenging, but um, I think, you know, overall it's not too much different. Any uh, colder in Chicago? Yeah, it's definitely colder, but uh, it's, uh, you know, you just get a new jacket and, and you're good to go. <laughs> Alex, can you just, maybe you've been asked this already, but can you just go through the, the moment you found out about the trade and just kind of like where you were and how that went down? Yeah, I was, um, I was at home. Um, obviously that whole day I kind of knew something was going to happen and um, or had a feeling and you know when you get the, the call it's uh, you know obviously tough um, I love my time here I th thought I was going to be a, a Blackhawk forever and um, you know obviously it didn't turn out that way so um, like I said everything happens for a reason and but you know the initial shock of it is, is tough and um, but when you know I heard I was going to the Senators and with the young core they had and obviously what we have right now is it's uh I knew it was going to be a lot of fun to play hockey here and, and play with these guys so um you know that was the bright side of it and um you know yeah just at home I was actually getting ready to go to a, a summer league game and um yeah I don't know it's kind of all a whirlwind of a day and um you know, but it's like I said, everything happens for a reason. For sure, it took you a while to settle in. Uh, you know, with new teammates, you have to. All right, there's a little bit from Alex DeBrinket talking to the media in Chicago for the first time. A lot about his acquisition from Chicago to Ottawa and how he had to deal with it. So revisiting history a little bit here for Alex DeBrinket, but. It's a big game for Ottawa, and you know, I mentioned before the break, AJ, there's been a lot of games that have been important to individuals here over the last little while, whether it's been the debut of Jacob Chikrin or Derek Broussard's 1,000th game or the celebration for Broussard in the last game going up against his former team in the Blue Jackets, and now Alex Dabrinkit goes back to Chicago. So a lot of reasons to be able to play well for the guys in the room. Yeah, it's actually a bonus, right? The fact that here's a game that I think a lot of people would look at as a trap game mm -hmm. against a team that isn't very good, isn't dressing what most would say is a, a prime NHL lineup. A lot of people joking that this is the Rockford Ice Hogs. And so now you've got a guy that's already played against Chicago, but that was on Chris Neal night, right? We didn't even talk about the fact that Alex DeBrinkett was playing his old team. And I think, you know, we've seen a lot of these. It matters a lot more when they're playing these games in that city, you know, because you're going to the, you're seeing the same locker room attendance. You're seeing the same security people in the walk-in. There's a lot more memories that are going to flood forward 
for a guy like Alex Dabrinkit. And I think that's probably a good thing to keep Ottawa focused. There's probably going to be some money on the board tonight, right? Yeah. And never a bad thing to have a little bit more motivation like you're going to see tonight with Alex Dabrinkit going home. A special night for him playing against his old team in Chicago for the first time. But important for Ottawa to carry through here what they've accomplished, right? Five in a row, longest win streak since 2017, and they need points. And to me, you have a game tonight that, yeah, it might be a game against a team that's lower in the standings, but they just beat you. And they beat yeah. you coming from behind when you're up 3-1 in the third period and on the power play with 10 minutes to go. You lost that game. We still talk about that game as one of the biggest points that they've blown over the last you know, few weeks for sure, and maybe more than that. So I hope in that locker room that that loss to Chicago a couple of weeks ago matters. And I would think it would. It feels like it. It feels like they've learned a lesson. They've played pretty good hockey since then, and they've played pretty good hockey for the last couple of months, going 12-3-1 in their last 16 games. They lost to a very good Edmonton team. They lost to the two best teams in the league in Boston and Carolina record-wise. So, yeah, I I would think that's going to be lingering a little bit that, okay, you know what, especially if they get a lead, right? No letting off the gas. We know what happened last time we played against Chicago and let off the gas a little bit. It cost us a big point. So hopefully that keeps everyone focused for 60 minutes, right? Because there is a decent chance that they could – come out and and really put the boots to Chicago a little bit, but might be up a couple of goals and kind of a reminder that, hey, this one's not done and dusted. Well, that would be the message inside the locker room. I think from the guys, the leadership group in the locker room and the coaches as well. Now, this has been a long stretch here for the Senators. You know, they had the four games in five days, but then they played two nights later. Then they played two nights later again. Now, same thing. They do get a break after this game. I know they have to travel to Seattle, but they don't play in Seattle till Thursday night at 10 o'clock. Feels like the end of a long stretch here that if you're able to go and just put them down early tonight and get that professional win like we talked about, they've done that over the last little while. Detroit, Columbus, they've got ahead. They've just you know put their foot on the neck of the teams and not let them up since that Chicago game. So can you do it again tonight and give yourselves a couple of days off before you go into Seattle? I think that would be really important here to finish off a long stretch. I think when you've got a group that is rolling, like the Ottawa Senators right now, I think you know this game comes at the right time because it feels like the blahs of you know January, February are over, right? And they play pretty well there. But just in terms of the way the schedule is. Now you get into March. The weather starts to turn, and you can start to feel the playoffs coming. And you, and you see the way the Ottawa Senators are playing right now, and they're playing playoff-style hockey. It's going to be, if they come out and play the same way that they did against Detroit and the Rangers and Columbus, it's going to be real tough for that Chicago team to play NHL playoff-style hockey. If they play regular season hockey tonight, then the Blackhawks are going to have a chance. But if they bring their playoff-style hockey, the physicality, Kastlik and Watson and Kachuk and, and and you know everyone bringing it physically, it's going to be real tough for Chicago to respond. And that's why I love these individual stories. You could see how much it meant to the team for Derek Broussard. You could see how much it meant to have Jacob Chikrin fly overnight and be in the lineup and how much it meant to the Chikrin family on Saturday, the Broussard 
family and friends, the gathering in three different boxes. It'll matter to Alex Debrinkit tonight, who's a big part of this team. So yeah. if it matters to him, it should matter to the rest of the group. And they're playing for each other, right? right. You're you're seeing that. You, you can you can feel it. Again, we're not in the room. We don't know what goes on in the room, but it really feels like this group is playing for each other. And I'm sure they'll be playing for Alex Debrinkit tonight. So there is a little bit of Alex Debrinkit. You can find. Him and more, of course, on the website at tsn1200.ca. Uh, the coach spoke, Claude Giroux spoke. You heard it earlier in the box. We'll take a break. Matt Connors with another look at your traffic and weather. Back with more of The Drive on TSN 1200. Let's get back to The Drive on the home of the Sens, TSN 1200. Six seasons worth of Danger Bay. I just saw this theme in my uh, timeline in the break. 123 shows between 1984 and 1990. It's a pretty good theme song, right? It I don't is. think I ever watched the show. Kind of fires you up. But it's a pretty good theme song. It's a lot of good theme songs from 80s television shows. It's got those awesome, like, Roto Tom drums. <laughs> little drum solos. Really catchy, upbeat. I saw AJ doing a little dance in the break, and I asked him what was up. And he said, Danger Bay. So I was like, you know what? I'm coming back with Danger Bay. Okay. I don't know why. Fired up for the rest of my day. Got two and a half hours here. Yeah. You're fired up for those or afterwards? The rest of my day, which includes All right. the rest of this program. Well, what happens after 6 o'clock? Dare we ask? Uh, just date night. No hockey game with date night tonight. Oh, boy. I mean, watching the Ottawa Senators at 9 o'clock, but not going to uh, a great small town to watch some junior hockey tonight. Now, how'd that go over in Buckingham? It's great. She had a great time. What's the uh, boyfriend of the year doing to keep up Boyfriend of the year for well, date night tonight. I can't let all my no. secrets out. Yeah, right? that's fair. No, that's you, very you, fair. You can't go to Buckingham for a Got No Flames game every Friday night. Matt, uh, that's a once in a, a blue moon type thing. Um, there was a text in here. I'm just trying to find it as, glad you made it to Richmond yesterday. I only cut third period. Biggest, loudest crowd the Royals have had in a long time. As boyfriend of the year, I guess they're asking if the date went with you. But they didn't uh, type it very well. Yeah, no, she came to the game Friday with me. Okay. So I'm jacked up. You met KR4. Yeah. It was great. Lads, I need to see him get back healthy and playing again. Okay, good. Lads, I want to give a huge shout out to my Winchester Hawks. Tough double OT yeah. lost to Embram. But not exciting nonetheless. Thank you to all the graduating players for their years of service. Hawks for life, Jordan in Winchester. Cheers to you, Jordan. If, uh, if you would have won that game, I'd be going to game two in Winchester. But I'll be going to game two in Enbrun on Tuesday. And they've got a great barn out in Winchester. Early on in my career here, uh, doing Sunday best with Lever Sage and Angry Al and the Winchester Hawks. Winchester native. They, they, he was helping out. I don't think he was part of the coaching staff, but he was like helping out at the building. And he invited Lee and I out for a Sunday night game at one point. Was he not? 
I think he went on to become GM, but he wasn't yeah. at the time. And uh, I think it was game seven. It was a winner-take-all game, I believe, against the Alexander Glens, mm -hmm. their most hated rivals. And Lee and I both went out. and What a barn. What a barn. Yeah. Great time. Well, I've been there for the Terry Karkner roast, which I believe was 0304. Jim Jerome, like I'd, I'd moved here, didn't know Jimmy that well. Jungle, what a legend. And he was the host of the Terry Karkner roast. <laughs> and I just remember I was at a table with Matt Hamer, and Matt's got that infectious, fantastic laugh. And the reverend in town was right in front of where Jimmy was doing his, his bit, right? Yeah. And he was saying some... Grossly inappropriate, but very funny things to no, the Reverend. Not Jim. So inappropriate. Yeah. But so funny. And Hamer and I, and especially Hamer, with that fantastic laugh of his, were just dying laughing. <laughs> and the Reverend was horrified. So that that's my only trip to the uh, arena in Winchester and need to get back next year. Next year I'll get there for a junior B game. Brad. Just stopped at Lachlan's, the store we just mentioned. And he mentioned having great butter tarts and told them that we mentioned them on the radio. They're very happy to catch a mention on the station. Want to say thank you. Love it. To all the people at Lachlan's. 110% no raisins. Matt, the maple guy, says I've yet to come across any food positively impacted by raisins. Oh, that's a I bad like take. raisin bran. Yeah, because like, it's just bran. Like all bran. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> if it's just bran flakes versus raisin bran, I'm going. I'm going raisin bran all day. You have to, but those aren't like real raisins. They're very sugar coated. There is more sugar. People don't know this. Yeah. Again, I like to tell people: frosted flakes, raisin bran. Come on, there's more sugar in raisin bran. Correct. Substantially, Substantially more. Really? More. Yeah. Did not know that. Yes. A lot more. Two because scoops of raisins and like 17 scoops of sugar. It's insane. Just, and it's. I guess that's why I like raisin bran. <laughs> but it's okay to like raisin bran. I'm yeah. not telling people not I don't to. Buy, I don't buy a lot of raisin bran. Just telling people there's more sugar in raisin yeah. bran than a lot of quote unquote sugar cereals. Now, the sugar cereals, it's not like, oh, they're so low. Go out and eat a box of Frosted Flakes. But if you think right. You know what? I'm going to cut down on my sugar. I'm going to buy a box of Raisin Bran. Mm, don't think so. But I do think Raisin Bran yeah, it's just is bran. better than Bran Flakes. No one wants just Bran. So there's one <laughs> thing that Raisins definitely makes better. <laughs> but that's probably Butter the Butter tarts, only no. Those aren't oatmeal real Oatmeal cookies. Though. I mean, you'd rather... Let, let's be honest. Who would rather have oatmeal raisin than oatmeal chocolate chip? Nobody with their right mind. How about that? Nobody. With their left mind, maybe. But not their right mind. I like oatmeal raisin cookies, but you guys are right. Of course you do. Oatmeal chocolate chip are better. The, the only time I don't like an oatmeal raisin cookie is when I'm expecting it to be oatmeal chocolate chip, and you take that bite. Get fooled. And that's real disappointing. It but is. if I know I'm having an oatmeal raisin cookie, sign me up. I'm a fan. I make like a curry chicken thing or with halloumi, and I do like coconut rice with uh, raisins in it. Really nice. I'll tell you another Elevates thing. Elevates the rice. My best meal in Qatar was this thing called Machboos. It was unbelievable, and it had raisins in it. And it 
definitely augmented the dish. This thing was phenomenal. Okay. I believe you, but I'm actually inclined to agree with Matt the Maple Guy because I'm not going to include Raisin Bran because those raisins are not like other raisins. I don't know of a food, now that I think about it, that I like better or that I would oh, enjoy that... more, but I haven't had makbush. Machbus. Ma- Sorry? Machbus. Machbus. Okay, I haven't had that This yet. thing was like braised beef and rice and some other stuff, and there were some raisins in there. Yeah, they're just saying that they're, Matt and, and myself, and... have not had a food yet to be impacted. You have. That's great. There we go. Raisin bran and machbus in Qatar. We have two foods that are better because of raisins. Good and Osgood says, Wanda, let AJ know the staff and management of Royals Restaurant. Very pleased to have the shout out on the radio. AJ, you and the boys are welcome to come back to Royals anytime. I got, uh, I got takeout. I got my takeout because I needed to get to the game, right? I needed yeah. to get there for uh, opening face-off, but uh, I appreciate the note. You guys do uh, some great work there. All right. That Monte Cristo is incredible. Joel says, clearly none of you have tasted my mother's cinnamon raisin bread. Nothing like it. No, Joel, I haven't had your mother's cinnamon raisin bread, but. Cinnamon raisin toast, elite breakfast. There's, yeah, so we found a third, right? Raisin toast, that's, that's another thing that raisins augment the food. Cinnamon buns, no. But cinnamon toast with raisins, yes. Yeah, I can't disagree with you on that one. All right. There's a lot of text today. There are. My dad turned 90 today. Sir, That's awesome. Sir Happy Donald. birthday. Happy birthday, Sir Donald. Sir Donald. He's been eating a mix of Cheerios and Raisin Bran for years. So he puts his sugar cereal yeah. with the non-sugar cereal. That's smart. Good. Half the amount of sugar. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's 90? Obviously, it's working for him. Yeah. And I agree with these two texts. They're different. One from Cornwall, one not, one from Ottawa. One says raisin toast, disgusting, get it together. It's not disgusting, but I would rather, the other text says cinnamon toast, better than cinnamon raisin toast. I would agree with that. I disagree. No, I think the raisin, for me personally, right? Everyone's got different tastes. For me personally, cinnamon raisin toast is outstanding. Yep. Agreed. All right. Um, I was going to move on to power rankings, but I feel like that would be a mistake in itself. (laughs) So where are the Ottawa Senators? Okay. Climbing fast? Yes. Power rankings? Yeah. NHL. I'm going to say eighth. Oh, that would be... <laughs> it's a little too high. Okay. Uh, they've climbed to 15th. Okay. But they were 22nd last week. They're vaulting up the standings in the power rankings. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't have no. Much tell to say tell us how much it means. That tell us. I'm not. I don't hate power rankings. They're they're kind of interesting, right? You yeah. see them once a week. Yeah, I know you hate them. Hold on. There's a headline on yeah. the website, AJ, that says "Sends make big jump in power rankings as the stretch drive begins." Oh, okay. Let me click on this to see how big of a rise they've made in some random person's idea of what they think a good NHL team is. Spoiler alert, in the real standings and the power rankings, the Boston Bruins are number one. (laughs) I feel like the power rankings, like I like the CFL power rankings every week because it's a nine-team league, right? It's very easy to kind of 
follow top to bottom. When you're talking about 32 teams in like NFL, 30 in the MLB, 30 in the NBA, right? You're, it's a little bit more difficult because you've got a lot. Like in a nine-team league, I feel like you, you shouldn't be screwing up too much. But it's very subjective. I would think, like, what would your definition of a power ranking be? Like, are you talking about, like, like my definition of a power ranking would be, because you could just look at the standings, right? You which, could just, which might be my definition yeah, of what the power rankings would be. You could just look at the standings. And, but I would feel like, okay, coming in, if you're doing the power rankings once a week, who would you actually bet on, right? Like, yeah. from top to bottom, mm-hmm. this week, regardless of record, yeah. who would you bet on? And I would put, if if I'm looking at the Ottawa Senators, and the reason that I put them 8th or ninth is because if, if I'm betting this week on hockey, I'm betting on, for example, the Ottawa Senators ahead of the Tampa Bay Lightning, even though the Lightning are way ahead in the standings. For this week, given where the Lightning are at with their troubles and they didn't really bounce back that great, they got pumped after the coach benched their three best forwards. I'm not betting on the Lightning this week. Whereas the Ottawa Senators, they just got Chikrin. Their lineup looks pretty good. They're rolling. They're going on the road into Chicago. Like, I'm betting on Ottawa this week ahead of Tampa Bay. Where are the Lightning in this power ranking? They have fallen three from eight to 11. Yeah. So I feel like if it's a true power ranking, I can just look at the standings, and the standings can tell me that (laughs) Tampa Bay is higher than Ottawa. But I feel like Ottawa's got a better chance to win games this week than Tampa Bay. Right. But but if you make the power rankings and put Ottawa 3 and Tampa 20, it would be, I understand your definition, yeah. and I would agree with actually that definition. I would. But I also don't need to care yeah. that Tampa fell three spots when they know they're playing the Leafs in another six weeks. I don't care how they're doing right now. Does I it don't. not feel like this, is, this has got to be Toronto's year, right? No. It doesn't. No, it, it, I'm not saying Toronto's year to win the Stanley Cup. To beat Tampa. To, to win around. Why? Ah, that, that's no, a floundering they're, Tampa. They're, they're, no matter, even if the decline is very shallow, that's not steep, very slight decline, they're, they're a team in decline. And I felt like last year, the Leafs, that was a 50-50 series. And Nick Paul took over game seven. Yep. But a series that could have gone either way. And I feel like if last series was a 50-50 series and Tampa Bay just found a way to win, right? Because guess what? They've won a lot. That this year, the Toronto Maple Leafs, with some of their additions, and I get Ryan O'Reilly's hurt right now. He's on LTIR, broken finger. But you would hope, if you're a Leafs fan, I and I hope, I, I want, look, I'd love to see the Leafs lose, but I want to see the best players play. I don't want to see Ryan O'Reilly hurt. So you would hope that he's back. And then let's see how that series goes. But I would feel like Toronto's trending in one way, and I get it's going to take some time for that group to gel. They brought in six new players. It's going to take six weeks for them to gel. But I would, man, if you're Toronto, that would be devastating if you lost again. The way Tampa Bay seems to be trending, which is slight decline. With that group and a a group that you wonder uh, how much they're playing for John Cooper right now. 
right? And that doesn't mean he's still the best coach in the league, right? He's been to three straight finals, won 11 series, two Stanley Cups the last three years. Best coach in the league. But at some point, every voice gets old. It doesn't matter if you're Scotty Bowman or, or who you are. And from that perspective, man, it, it feels like this is the year that they have to go out and do it. They have to. Doesn't mean they're going to. No, and you're right. And here's what I won't get caught up in, okay? I don't care if – I think a lot of things you said there are right. With the Leafs going in a better direction and Tampa maybe on a slight decline. I agree with that. But I am not going to get caught up on what a team that has been to three consecutive Stanley Cup finals is doing in the month of March when yeah. they know their opponent in April. Okay? And, I'm not going to get sure caught up in that. And for sure you can't count them out, Right. Count out the Tampa Bay Lightning with those winners on that team at at your peril. But I feel like the apex, right? If if Tampa's been going slightly down and Toronto's been going, I think they're better than what they were, and they're going slightly up. If that was a 50-50 series a year ago, it seems to think you you would seem to think that this is Toronto's best chance to beat them. But there's one big name that I haven't mentioned. And that's Vasilevsky, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you get down to that series, who's the better coach? You like to yeah, coach no. and goaltending yeah. and all that stuff. No, I, you... I'm NFL. There's a lot of right. There's there's coach and quarterback. Okay, and you need more than a good coach and a good quarterback. But I agree. You yeah. need a real good team. But yeah, look, I'm taking. If you're asking me, coach and goalie, which coach am I taking? Which goalie I'm taking? I'm going Tampa Bay and both for sure. But I feel like Toronto's the better team. I don't like the fact for the Leafs that they have to go up against a team that knows how to win in the playoffs that has two months again to prepare for their opponent. Yeah. I I think that's the worst thing that could ever happen to the Leafs. Because you're, you're right. Maybe they are a better team. Maybe against all the other people, it's the same story as last year. Against all the other teams, they're better. But when you have a team that knows how to prepare for the playoffs and has two months to prepare for their opponent, like is what's happening right now, I cannot go away from the experience of the Lightning. The, the one thing I'll say is I feel like at some point, because this has been coming for, like they haven't been playing good hockey for a while. That That's why it wasn't just, I'm guessing, spur of the moment thing from John Cooper to say, you know what, our guys aren't going. We're sitting them in the third period. They haven't been playing well for a while. So clearly he's trying to, send a message to his team. Clearly, they didn't really care about said message. Probably embarrassed by the fact that they were benched. That can go in a lot of different directions, and usually it goes bad before it goes good. They've got a month. like they got a lot of hockey, right, to get things going, but I feel like this is a year for them where like they're, they're not just going to be able to turn the switch and go from getting beat down to snapping their fingers and be, beating the Leafs in round one. I feel like they need to find – it doesn't have to be now, but in the in the couple weeks before, they better at least be on track to start playing playoff hockey. I watched it yesterday. I watched two games yesterday in Junior B. It was 1-4 matchups, 1-V-4, and the four teams had played a best of three. The other teams have been sitting, right? And so if you're not playing playoff hockey – and you're playing a team that plays playoff hockey, 
it, it's tough to turn the switch. That's one of the advantages for Ottawa if they get in the playoffs because they've already been playing playoff hockey here for the last couple of weeks. And they're probably, if they're going to get in over the next 20 games, they're going to be playing the same way. So I would be very nervous if I was a Carolina or a Boston. And I get Boston's playing great hockey and they're at a different level than everybody else. But I would be a little bit more nervous playing in Ottawa going into the playoffs than maybe some of these other teams because Ottawa's already right now playing playoff hockey. And it's tough to just snap your fingers and say, okay, we're bringing playoff intensity tomorrow. Leafs have lost two of their last three. Can Ottawa play Tampa in round one? <laughs> I know it's not going to happen. Matt, before that we would go, be That would be a lot of fun. Before we go to break, you'll have another look at traffic and weather. One of our friends listening to the program. Didn't hear from her specifically. Yeah, she's not very uh, thrilled with us right now. Yeah. TSN's Claire Hanna mm. tweeting at TSN 1200. Raisins are disgusting. I can't handle this with a sad, uh, sick emoji. Well, the good thing, Claire, is we agree on what the better butter tart is. And that's no raisins, right? The better cinnamon bun. No raisins. Didn't think I'd agree with Claire this much. But here we are. We got this text coming in from Unsigned. This is Grape Radio. Nothing better than you guys raising the bar this afternoon. Grape Radio? Yep. Mm. <laughs> Getting a lot of local shoutouts in as well, though, which is important. And we just had a segment on power rankings. Your favorite. Sends 15th of 32. Chicago, by the way, 32. And this is the TSN power rankings? It is. Okay. Chicago, 32. I know. Everyone's got their own. Yeah. Like, I could write down mine and hand them to you and say, AJ, let's discuss my power rankings. Okay. That's what it feels like with every power rankings. Not just TSNs. Every company out there. They do it so that people will click on it, and now we've talked about it. And you did. Sens were like an honorable mention in Down Goes Brown's Weekly. Mm. Now, his power rankings aren't who can win right now. His power rankings are about who has the best chance at winning the Stanley Cup and who has the best chance at winning the draft lottery. But the Sens got a mention this week outside of the top five. Okay, good. Everyone's got different parameters for their power rankings. So good. You're right. Nine teams. I can at least handle that one. Uh, back with more of the drive on TSN 1200. The drive continues on TSN 1200. Welcome back to the Drive Labor Sage, AJ Jack, Quebec, Matt Connors, Vita. Couple things here. Number one, how about we give away tickets right now at 750 1200, star 1200 on the Bell Network to the 67s and the Peterborough Peets coming up March the 24th, a four pack of tickets to go see Ottawa and Peterborough on March the 24th. Caller 12. Get through to Matt Connors Vita right now at 750-1200, star 1200 on the Bell Network. Good luck. It's going to be one of the hottest tickets in town to go watch the Ottawa 67s play hockey. And you could have four of them uh, coming up. Just get through to Matt Connors Vita right now. Caller 12, 750-1200, star 1200 on the Bell Network, AJ. 
So, interesting from Andy Strickland, who's always got, uh, he, he's pretty plugged in in St. Louis and always got uh, some some pretty interesting information about the NHL, whether it's trade-related news, free agent-related news, or just news on the business of the NHL. Uh, he tweeted this out this morning. League source on rumors of Atlanta and Houston expansion. There are two cities that have expressed interest, but neither of these two are ahead of anyone else. Nothing is happening soon, if at all. Went on to say, not sure these two cities are even at the top of our list. So I think, you know, one of the things in Bruce Garriock had story today in Post Media about, you know, just uh, the process and where it's at and the sale of the Ottawa Senators and various groups that have put in bids. Mm -hmm. And with all the different groups that have put in bids, right? And and there's going to be various groups that are tire kickers. There's going to be various groups that are a little bit more serious. But clearly a lot of interest in this hockey team. And I think a lot of that interest is probably just in buying a National Hockey League team anywhere, right? They want to get into the club. Like if you're a billionaire and you want to get into a club, it's a lot easier to get into the club at $800 million to a billion dollars than, you know, $4 billion plus for some of the other leagues. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, I think that's where probably some of that – there, there might be some people that are just interested in getting in the club and they don't care if the team's in Ottawa, the team's in Houston or, or wherever. They just want to be a part of the club. But if you've got a lot of different groups that are willing to spend a billion dollars, then they have to be looking at expansion, especially for how fruitful Vegas and Seattle have been. And it is fascinating that, you know, Houston and Atlanta, and a lot of people are rolling their eyes, right? Atlanta, again. Third time. I'll tell you, I'm a big booster of Atlanta because the last time I was there, and I've been there multiple times, and I spent a couple of weeks there. I had a buddy that he's a golf course superintendent that I grew up with, lives in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I noted the last time I was there was how many hockey fans I met and how many of those hockey fans said they weren't going to a game until ownership changed. Right. And we heard that over the last five years here in Ottawa. So it's never, it's never a good thing when you've got owners that are suing each other, as we saw with the spirit group in Atlanta. And I would just caution because it's easy to kind of put your nose in the air and say, we're Canada, we're better than hockey fans in the South. And why would we go to Atlanta a third time? And I would just caution because we've been through some certain things here. A lot of people could have stuck their nose up and said in the last five and a half years, why are there empty seats and so many of them in your building? And we got a great hockey market here. Well, they have. Yeah. They said it in 2017 they've, when the games weren't They've said up. it in a lot of other markets. Yeah. And this is a great market, right? Mm-hmm. And, and this is going to be fantastic, right? Especially with this team. Again, you could feel it with the energy in this city, with the crowd that, was there on Saturday night against Columbus and you're going to only get bigger and better crowds going forward. But I just say, watch, don't be that guy. Don't be that girl 
that's crapping on another market. If you haven't been there and you don't know a little bit about it, there's a lot of passionate hockey fans in that market, a lot of transplants that came from other parts that would die for a hockey team there that was worth supporting. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't it wasn't about the wins and the losses there. It was about it was about the ownership situation. I talked to a lot of them. Um, but it is interesting, right? Atlanta, Houston, and they're not at the top of the list, which begs it starts to kind of get okay, where what would be at the top of the list? Well, that's the whole conversation. Yeah. Which we can talk about here if you want to coming up, but I know Dave Naylor's coming out on the fourth. Yeah, I mean honestly, I it it I'm almost done. The the two places that intrigue me in the States are Austin and San Diego. Because it's about competition, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the NHL's done really well in markets, especially when they get in before, right? They've done really well in Vegas where they didn't have competition. Now they're gonna have a lot more competition, but the good news is they're they're entrenched there, and they were first there, and I think that matters. Just like they were first in in Nashville, and and that's turned into a great market. And I look at Austin and San Diego, and I look at two cities that are vibrant, are growing like crazy. They're places you want to go, right? Yeah. Like, I've been to both. They're 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 both fantastic cities, and San Diego's got. One major pro sports team now, right? With the Chargers leaving, they got the Padres. That's that's opposite schedule to the NHL. And they got an MLS team and obviously a very big, one of the biggest brands in, in college sports mm-hmm. in, in the University of Texas in Austin, along with MLS soccer. But I feel like those would be, you know, rather than go up against the competition in Houston and Atlanta, which are massive cities, but you have entrenched MLB, NBA, NFL, college football, high school football, right? It's a juggernaut. There's a ton of people there, but where you could be not necessarily king in Austin, but a big deal in a place with a young demographic and growing. Now, you need the downtown buildings in both, but I wonder if those are two places where they're eyeing that they could, they think they could add revenue to the same extent that they could in Vegas and Seattle. Quebec would be amazing. Yeah. I'd love to see Toronto too. But curious what is at the top of the NHL's list after hearing that news. But it's good news for the league that they've got a lot of interested buyers that want in. And I don't think expansion in the NHL and a lot of these other sports. We know it's coming in the MLB. We know what's coming in the NBA. They're going to go to 32 for sure, but 32 isn't this glass ceiling number that it's like, okay, that's it. That's the number. NFL's going to expand as well. Why? Because they want they want more games. If they expand to 36, it's two more games they can sell every week. It's inevitable. Growth, right? Six-team league isn't coming back. All right, we'll take a break. Come back. Dave Naylor will join us in the 4 o'clock hour. On the drive on TSN 1200.